Welcome to the Hypnotic Healers Podcast, your home for insights and insider knowledge about hypnotic change work. With your hosts, control practitioners and hypnotists, Nicole Mazzucato and Anthony Gitch. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Hypnotic Healers. I'm Nicole Mazzucato. And as usual, Anthony and I are going to do our disclaimer. Neither of us are medical doctors. We are not psychiatrists. So please do not make any changes to any medication. Take what you like, leave the rest and um, enjoy the show. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Nicole. Today, we have with us the lovely and magnificent Miss Karen Hand Harper. She is the co-host of a wonderful Facebook group called Virtual Chapter with her friend Michael Watson. Um, She is also the author of Magic Words and Language Patterns, and the latest book she has is Trance Dance, The Hypnotic Art of Leading and Following. She's also got hypnotic workshops too with Kelly Woods, I believe, and I know Kelly as well. Um, All great books, all great information. She is a board certified hypnotist with the internet or with the uh, NGH. I I actually, I have a history with Karen. Karen was the first person who kind of took me under her wing at the NGH convention, the very first one I ever went to. And she introduced me to Jason Lynette and she introduced me to a ton of other people, but Let me have you listen to Karen tell you a little bit about herself. Oh, okay. What do I want to tell you? Um, I'm not going to start at the very beginning. That was a really long time ago. But before I was a hypnotist, I had a 30-year career in radio. I was a radio side chick on a morning show in Chicago and absolutely loved it and had no idea what great training that would be for hypnosis. People sometimes say, how do you go from radio to hypnosis? If, if you'll conceive of it this way, as I am broadcasting to millions, right? I don't see anybody. I'm talking into a microphone. I have only words, inflection, tone, attitude to convey a message and paint a picture, right? And in radio, even though it broadcasts to millions, one talks one-on-one. One talks to a specific person. Think about the training in the covert training for hypnosis that that is, because that's yeah. what you do when we're talking to a client, right? And yeah. I was speaking directly to the imagination through the years of the listener in radio. Now I'm speaking directly to the imagination of clients. It seems to me it was perfect training. Maybe we should require everybody to do a year or two in radio. Oh, yeah, that that's be really interesting, isn't it? Because Paul McKenna was also, um, you're obviously, I'm assuming you're both familiar with Paul McKenna, oh, yes. was oh. also started out as a, as a radio DJ, didn't he? Yeah. And it's good training. I mean, you know, because you, it's hard to be an extrovert, uh, an introvert when you're always on like that. And so that's mm. what that kind of training is. In 2005, well, uh, in about 2004, I had a couple of hypnotists on my radio show just to make fun of people, get them to bark like dogs and cluck like chickens, you know, and all that stuff. And these hypnotists came on and didn't do that. They actually talked about how wonderful hypnosis is and how helpful it is for all sorts of things. And I was pretty intrigued. So I went out to their center and got hypnotized and had the third epiphany of my life. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. My first epiphany was radio. 
My second epiphany was seeing my husband walk down the hall, before he was my husband, seeing a guy walk down the hall at CVS where I worked and he had such cute buns. I said, I'm going to marry that guy. And I did. We've been married 30 years. <laughs> and he's still- It's all about the buns. <laughs> it really is. That was my second epiphany. And then hypnosis was my third. And I, I started training immediately. And when my radio contract came up for renewal, I didn't renew it. I opened a hypnosis center instead. So wow. that's me. Wow. I have some experience with cult-like things, I believe, because my first hypnosis business, when you want me to shut up, just let me know. But when my first hypnosis business, I didn't know anything about business. I'd been in radio forever. And another friend of mine in radio who actually introduced me to those original hypnotists, we decided to go into hypnosis, leave radio and go into hypnosis. And we didn't know anything about business. So we discovered a business in a box, a hypnosis franchise group wow, all we have to do is show up and be the hypnotist and the business is all done in a box. It was great. It was awful. But I mean, it was good to, it was good to get started that way. Okay. Was I was going to say that place no longer exists even here not. in the Northwest, I believe. It, yeah. It, Seattle was the, was the last uh, to fall. And the Gunthers yeah. there in Seattle did a magnificent job with their positive changes outlets. But when I first got into it, it seemed to make sense because that was a business. And here's the most interesting thing about that business. Really, it was run off of scripts. Mm. There, was, there were 16 scripts. It was really weight loss and smoking. And there were 16 scripts that got repeated over and over and over. And, the th and everyone was signed to a really long contract. So if you had more than 50 pounds to lose, you did a year program. If you had less than 50 pounds to lose, you had a six month program. And they came in every week for six months or 52 weeks as the case may be. And the theory, wow. believe it or not, was sound. Patrick Porter, who invented this franchise, thought, you know, if, if he did everything, there was regression in there, there was forgiveness in there, there was modeling in there, there were all sorts of things in his scripts. And his theory was, if you've got somebody coming in over and over and over, you're going to hit the trigger points. And mm. you can hire minimum wage people to read a script. Right. And so, <laughs> right, if you didn't know an awful lot about hypnosis, you could still have that business. And the amazing thing, people question this all the time, but the amazing thing is just, you know, my, my radio partner and I thought this was great. This was brilliant because we were the best script readers we knew. So how easy right. was that going to be, right? <laughs> and and so it really was easy. Here's the amazing part. We had about an 80% success rate of people losing weight and quitting smoking a quit smoking program, by the way, was a nine week program. It wasn't just one or two sessions. Wow. And we had about an 80% success rate just reading scripts to people, not even wow. knowing what we were doing. And so that has framed my view of hypnosis a little bit because I know that it all works. Guided visualization works, a script work works, regression works, parts work metaphor works, telling stories work, it all works. Because mm. the, the one ingredient that trainers tend to fail to train when they train a system is they are hypnotic. 
that person yeah. is hypnotic. The person who's doing that system, that whatever it is, believes in it. And so they're very congruent with it. Yeah. Yep. But I worried about that 20%. I couldn't sleep because of the 20%. How do you help the 20%? If hypnosis is such a great thing, how do I help the 20%? So I went back and I got a lot more training. I trained with Roy Hunter. I trained with a whole bunch of really exceptional people. I trained with Cal Banyan and I completely believed when he said, this works every time on everything. Do it. I believed time. it too. I, I believed it too. Line and sinker. I believed it. And by the way, I don't know anybody who teaches age regression any better than Cal. He really teaches age regression very well. And five path, by the way, is only four techniques. It's yep. it's the first convincing, which I don't even do anymore. I figure people are convinced if they hire a hypnotist. Anyway, it's a convincing phase. And then it's, it's the uh, <laughs> tangentially, I believe that if so, I, I charge a lot of money for my services and I personally would never make a reservation at an expensive restaurant if I didn't expect to get a pretty darn good meal. Right. I don't expect anybody makes a reservation for my services unless they expect to get hypnotized. Anyway, so, <laughs> so I don't need to convince them. They already know they're going to be hypnotized, yada, yada, yada. It's hypnosis, age regression, which is phenomenal in the five pass system. They're really good at age regression. Then it's forgiveness, which gets some attention and then parts therapy only if you need it. And often you start with parts therapy, but whatever. Anyway, right. informed child good. work is, let's be real. Informed child work is essentially, I, I don't want to, anyway, we don't need to go down that, that whole path. And yeah, I've got my own opinion of of the process. I think that I think that, like you just said, it is marvelous at those things once the practitioner has enough experience and training behind them. The challenge mm -hmm. is, is that when you take anybody and everybody without any kind of consideration of what kind of background they have and throw them with that kind of information, they think that they can fix everything and anything. And, and they go out there with that attitude and then they fuck up because it's not as easy to do as what they make it believe it is in class because they don't really give you the experience of working with anybody. You're working with a bunch of people who are all doing exactly what it is that they're telling you to do because they wanna see you be successful. So you have no real world experience. And once you get out there, you're on your fucking own and you get mm. to depend on the other people that are sinking with you. And, and there are some of the people who will throw you a lifeline in those groups, but most of the people want $10,000 for their mentoring system. And, and it's like, you know what, thanks, but this is a really tough system to employ if you don't have some support at the beginning. And, and Anthony, neither one of us are here to denigrate. Uh, right, right. Yeah. It's a wonderful system if you I'm know how to you, use it. I didn't get a better education in age regression and inner child work than from Cal Banyan. Exactly. But the, thing I, the thing I had to escape from was the notion that it works every time on everything. Right. And, and when, when five path practitioners really practice it, they understand that they're working with a series of techniques. And mm -hmm. even Cal has, has um, audios about sometimes you mix them up, sometimes you don't do it in order. Mm -hmm. But when I bought into it hook, line, and sinker and did it exactly as planned every single time, I had some, I had success, you know, I had success and success and success. Oh, yeah. Then I had an opera singer who called and he just needed help memorizing. He got 
uh, a lead in an opera and had, I don't know, 58 pages to memorize in Italian. And he freaked out. He just had a panic attack and said, there's no way I can memorize all of that stuff. And so he came in and we did five path, except I skipped ahead a little bit and went and did age regression right in the first session, combining it all together, as many of us do, right? Mm -hmm. And he called, had a great session. And he called me the next day and said, I don't know what happened. By the way, it didn't have anything to do with his mother, the age regression. He said, I don't know what happened, but I woke up this morning and I'm so angry with my mother. I don't know what to do. And just on the phone, I said, you know what? You don't have any problems with your mother. And remember in the session yesterday, you and your mom were great. It was dad, blah, 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 blah. And we calmed him down right there. He didn't need any more sessions. He memorized five pages that night after the session, because he was freed of that limiting belief that he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And what we did discover in that age regression was he was afraid of disappointing his father. And when we really looked at it, he never has disappointed his dad. He's always performed, yada, 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 you get it. Anyway, <clears throat> that was the day that I went, oh, sometimes you don't need to open up a can of worms. Sometimes, exactly. sometimes you just do what the client asked for. long after that, okay, in a whole different scenario, I had a woman who came in to quit smoking and she had restless leg. So when she sat in the recliner, her legs started jumping. And she said, oh, every time she sits down, her legs jump and that she just can't relax at all. And how are we going to do this if she couldn't relax? Well, I don't believe that you need to relax to to be hypnotized. Um, So I said, well, is there any time that your legs don't jump? And she says, when I'm standing. And I said, how about if you stand and lean against the wall and we'll see what happens. And we did five sessions with her standing, leaning against the wall for support about quitting smoking. And she did quit smoking. It took her five sessions, but she quit smoking. About six months later, she called me again and said, you know what, this was so successful. Do you think you could do anything about my restless legs? So we came in and said, Let's try. Let's see what we can accomplish. And we helped her with the restless legs too. We did parts work for that. And her legs were saying, you know, let me walk enough. So she added walking throughout the day. And when her legs started jumping at night, she would stand up and walk around and she was able to sleep through the night. My point in telling that story is we have to be flexible. If I had said to this woman, let's fix your restless legs before we work on the smoking, Mm -hmm. right? Who knows what we might've accomplished? She didn't hire me for that. She hired me to help her quit smoking. So I did an end run around the restless legs because she wasn't wanting that. Yeah, well, right. that's the thing, isn't it? We need to focus on what the client comes to us for. Whether Even, even if they come to us with like a shopping list of stuff, it's not yeah. for us to decide, hey, this is more important than that. It's, right. you know, I'm, it's them going, I'm ready to work on this thing at this moment in time. Exactly. Right. Nicole, that is it. What are they, yeah. what they come to the table ready to eat or ready to have yeah. or ready to do, yeah. right? Yep, 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 yep. There's something on your website, Karen, that I just have to make reference to because I love it. It's on your homepage and it says, hypnosis is not magic, hypnosis is not voodoo, hypnosis is you do. I yep. really love that. Thank you. <laughs> Mike, you know, this is why I say I don't think people come to me surprised because I put it all out there. Most people find me on the website or through my books and then go to the website. I put it out there. You're doing the change. I'm facilitating. 
I give them a video so they get to know me. <clears throat> I like tchotchkes. They can see my hypno pillow in the background, right? Often I wear hypno jewelry. If they don't like that, they're not my business. And mm. that's okay, mm. right? There are plenty yep. of people who are none of my business. My favorite commercial on TV currently is a KFC commercial that they ask, what do you think about all of these burger joints doing uh, serving chicken sandwiches? And the big colonel voice says, I figure that's none of my business. Just like cooking chicken is none of theirs, <laughs> which I think is a very <laughs> funny turn of the phrase, right? And that's exactly it. I don't, I don't do magic. Right, and if right. I have somebody who calls and inquires, they do a screening and require, they ask for magic. I tell them to keep Googling until they get to the magician <laughs> because they're looking for something that I don't do. Right. right. <laughs> I love that. Keep going until you come across Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> it's true because I'm not going to, I'm not going to set them up with something that isn't accomplishable. Right. And you know, yes. therein lies the biggest thing. That is something that gets back to the idea of being able to fix everything. When you have someone who comes to you and you recognize that either because of their personality or because what there is looking to do, or you don't think that it's going to work, whatever it may be, and you choose mm -hmm. not to work with that person, that is as good as reference to you and the industry as it is, it's way better than it taking the person on and having it all a big mess. Well, they because they're not going to blame it on the hypnotist. They're going to blame it on hypnosis. It's like, yeah. it's like our friend Tim says, you know, if you have a crappy plumber, you don't blame the plumbing industry. You blame that plumber. But if you have a crappy hypnosis experience, you don't blame the hypnotist. You blame hypnosis. It doesn't work. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, a lot of people believe they have magic. I did too. I believed when I first learned hypnosis, that first certification course, I thought I had magic. And it's a learning curve. I've been doing this a long time. I wasn't handed a set of rules that I followed. I'm not a good rule follower, so that's a good thing. But I would, you know, I've been doing this a long time. When I first got the magic, I made the mistakes. I saw a bunch of smokers outside a building and I walked up to them and handed them my business card and said, I can help you fix that. I can help you quit that. And they would look at me and go, what's the matter with you? And throw my business card in the garbage. Listen, little lady, back the hell off. I think your bus stop's over there. Yeah, here's the super <laughs> secret. I did that more than once. Oh my goodness. Before yeah. I got the message, I did it two or three times until- Well, it... good, for you. good for you for having, you know, for having the guts to go and do that. There's a lot of people that would never do that. And I think- well, that... And don't, and don't do it. <laughs> no, it... no, but you, you see what I mean. I know. It's, it's, I know. But <laughs> it took me some time, Nicole, to learn they were mm. not in the, I want to quit smoking yeah. trance. They yeah. were in the, I want to smoke trance. Yeah. And we can't proselytize hypnosis. We can't make somebody want to do it, right? Yeah. right? What, I, what I learned in that endeavor was go home and fix my website. Put up something on my website that when someone is, is in the, I want to quit smoking trance and they're looking for somebody to help them, then they'll find me. Yeah. And that's part of what the new book is about is that we're always in a trance and hypnotists 
often think they're doing something to somebody, right? And the truth is what we're mostly doing is dehypnotizing them from the trance they walked in with, right. from the trance of limiting beliefs. They're already in the trance of a belief that is BS. Right. I ask my clients first, what's your BS? And when they look at me, kind of look at me funny, right? We play games and we laugh a lot in, when I work with people. I say in my office, but I haven't seen anybody in the office for a year. It's all on Zoom. It works the same way either way. But what's your BS? And what I mean by that is what is your belief system? What is your belief system? Because whatever your belief system is becomes your BS and that's what you believe and that's how you act and behave. Mm -hmm. So let's find out what you believe and then let's chip away at the limiting beliefs. Let's expand the great beliefs that are helpful. Let's use what you can do. And, and I wanna go back to fixing people. I don't believe that we fix people. I don't believe that people need fixing. People are not broken. People, people just have not, not been broken. shown the way yet. They haven't been given the right tool for that job. That's all. They're not broken. No. If somebody who comes in 400 pounds and says, fix me, well, you're not broken. You're, what do you eat? I eat pizza and I play video games all day. You're not broken. You're doing it. Your body is behaving exactly the way a body that is fed pizza and no exercise behaves. Yeah. You're working perfectly. So yeah. what are you willing to do differently that mm. will affect a change? Right. Right. Yeah. Because the body is working perfectly for the way that you are treating it now. A smoker's body is working perfectly for the way a smoker is treating it now. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. I think Anthony and I have, have talked about this on a previous, uh, a previous episode about, you know, client responsibility and, and really kind of making, making, making that clear that, and that's why I, I was really attracted to this hypnosis as you do, you know, like we're the guides, we're the facilitators, we've got, you know, some tools and skills to help you make the changes you want to get in your life. Right. Um, and it, yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to tell a client, you know, um, you're going to make these changes. I mean, if you want me to follow you around and keep the cigarette or the fork out of your mouth, I will do that. But that's a much more expensive program. It's really <laughs> expensive. <laughs> I tell them the same thing. My smokers, I'm like, if you want me to follow you around and jump out that bush at 7-Eleven and smack that fucking cigarette out of your hand, I will. But it's a hell of a lot more expensive than what you're paying for right now. Right. Um, right. <laughs> I had a client at the beginning who, who said to me, because I gave him a recording to listen to, and he was like, he was like, oh, I just, but I just never remember. Can't you send me a text every night to listen to it? And I was like, I'm not your fucking mother. No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I'm on your phone. That's right, Nicole. That's one thing that some hypnotists don't understand. They don't understand boundaries. Hmm. Right. We are not their best friend. We are not their mother. We are their hypnotist. And hopefully, oh my God, hopefully we are empowering them to mm. do it when we're not with them. We're their teachers and their mentors is what we are. We lead by example. We, uh, I think anyway. I say, I say a lot to trainee hypnotists and, 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 you know, at the end of the day, a big part of what we do is educating. We educate our clients 
And, and that's a huge part of what we know. It's not just, you know, trance work or I'm just going to read a script. I don't, well, I know that none of us here use scripts, but, you know, this kind of idea of you, you kind of put someone in a trance, you read a script out to them and that's it. I mean, there's a whole, and I'm sure the three of us, you know, there's so much education that goes into what we do into helping the client move forward and right. resources and check this out and go and have a look at this. And this is relevant to you, you know. That term, Nicole, is even laughable. Put somebody in a trance. Right. Who do you think you are? <laughs> you know, nobody gets put into a trance. People accept trances. Mm-hmm. Right. They mm-hmm. accept suggestions, but you can't force your suggestions onto somebody. Right. right. And that's so where that's rapport what, comes in. Well, even if you're, even if it's, even if there's, perfect rapport you can't put somebody into a trance right 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 but i'm talking about accepting the suggestions suggestions whether given conversationally with without trance work those those we call them insights and control but those things that click the light on that that's that's the effective piece that's what Mm -hmm. they're there for right right? so and often that happens in conversation yes We have to be very careful in control not to give away too much because we were just talking about this the other day when Nicole and I were working together is that I've had two clients now that have scheduled their first session, but then the first session's coming closer and they they call up and they're like, listen, Anthony, after the consult, I got everything I needed. I just, Mm -hmm. I've got the changes I needed. And I'm like, fuck, you know, I'm really (laughs) happy for them, but it's like, Um, so I've got to be careful and back off. How much Mm. am I willing to give them? Because that light goes off and now you've just erased your paycheck. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I changed my wording. I used to do a free consultation. Now I do a free screening and it changed, it changed it in my mind. I don't know what it does in anybody else's mind. It changed it in my mind. They have to qualify for what I do. I'm not trying to convince them to do what I do. Right. Yeah. They have to qualify yeah. for what I do. Yep. And if they say they've got a pain in their leg and they want me to fix it, if they, if I don't have a doctor's referral, I'm not going to do it because I don't set bones. I don't know that they don't have a broken leg. Right. So there are certain stipulations. Um, but when I changed it to a screening and they have to qualify for what I offer, it changed the whole course of the way that conversation went. Mm. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things that is nice about, um, so at HypnoThoughts, one of the classes I taught was the Goldilocks protocol. And one of the things that we do in that consultation, we call it a consultation, but in that, at the end of it, we let the person know, listen, this is not the right thing for you or it is the right thing for you. And the client knows a hundred percent. Wow. That just blew my mind. This is going to be amazing. Or, you know, I think I need to go away and think on this because it's just not, we don't call, we call them, they just weren't a good responder. Right. And for us, we let them know, you know, this is not the best process for you. Not today. At least it's not anyway, maybe next week it could be different, but, and again, it's about that building that integrity up in the hypnosis and in the system itself of this is just not the right thing because that builds that builds like i said it builds trust nicole you tell many people that it's not the right thing for them 
Yeah, it depends. It depends on who it is. And I, I've, I mean, we do have a lot of, you know, practitioners listening and, and also people that are interested is aimed at practitioners and people that are interested in hypnosis. And the first couple of people that I turned away, I mean, that was a big deal, you know, for me to sort of say to someone this, I'm not the right person for you. This, as far as I'm concerned, what I do is not the right method for you. Um, and I think, you know, it takes at the, at the beginning, if you're struggling and you're really kind of counting on every client that comes through the door, that's your kind of financial basis. It's hard to say this isn't the right thing for you or what I do isn't the right thing for you or or go and find somebody else. But I very much believe, and I know Anthony and I are on the same page, we have, you know, a handful of trusted partners that we will refer other people, we refer people to. Right. I don't deal in fertility. It's not my area yeah. of interest. It's not my area of expertise. There's no point in me working with somebody because I don't get that problem. So I'd rather send them to somebody else that understands them, that can empathize and that specializes in that. I don't do hypnobirthing. I send them to somebody else for that. You know, it's, I don't, it, there's, yeah. You know yeah. what? Often we, we as hypnotists think, oh, doctor, you know, we, we pit ourselves sometimes against doctors or compare ourselves to doctors. Well, that's the best comparison to make in this case, because if you go to your primary care physician and say, I've got this particular issue, they are very likely to refer you to a specialist. Right. Yeah. right? And you don't stop going to your primary care physician. You right. trust them to send you to the best place. So right. why wouldn't we do that too? Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And there are just certain things that I don't particularly like to work with. And so I refer that out to trusted people. Right. Or maybe very busy uh, doing something else, teaching, certifying hypnotists, doing something else, and I don't have the space in my calendar. Refer out. That's what we yeah. do. Well, and if a client is, if, if a client, there have been a couple of clients I've turned away that because, and I'll be just frank with it, they've been heterosexual males that have been so fucking egotistical and macho that I'm like, you just fucking disgust me. I don't want to work with you. You know, you're a right wing nut job and we don't blend. And so there's no report at this end, bro. Um, you need to skedaddle on out. Um, so yeah, and, and by the way, for people listening, I know Anthony, and I think he's a little gentler with his approach. <laughs> That's what he's thinking rather than what he's saying, <laughs> by the way. No, don't, I know. <laughs> please, you don't know, go. that's so funny. Thank you, Karen, for saying that because I often do, I come across a lot of times as this real hard ass, and people are like, Oh my god, you talk to your clients, I like when it's necessary, but I am the most empathetic gentle, loving person when it comes to working with my clients, but I also know when they need that smack up a long fucking head. Um, and yeah. so thank you for recognizing that, Karen. Thank you very much. Well, yeah. and, and we do that when we get in our little conversations and when we're talking to other hypnotists, sometimes we will say things like that, right? And what what is important to know is this is how we're talking about it here for each other. But when we talk to our clients, even if they're not right for us, most mm -hmm. of us are not saying, yeah, you're a right wing nut job, get out. We're saying- yeah, you're right, you know, that's I, what's I, happening I, in my head. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I get it. And, and you know, sometimes we can be in the middle of a session and things like that will go through our head. Oh my God, I didn't know. But here we are now, where are we going? 
right? Yeah. Well, no, that's a little bit different. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that you take people that you know up front, there's not going to be any rapport. I'm just saying that sometimes in a session, it happens where a client might reveal something that you go, oh, really? Wow, that's different. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't mean gay, heterosexual. I mean, you know, I, yeah, I murdered somebody six years right. ago. Well, even the conspiracy theorist, I've I've had a couple people all of a sudden, it's like, all of a sudden I kind of hear they're a conspiracy theorist and I'm like, all right, that's cool. Yeah, you're right. There's little microbes in those vaccines that are following your every move because you're the most important person on the planet. Utilization, give them a new theory to work with. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. (laughs) You know, and, and I have certainly worked with, um, you know, all sorts of people with that kind of idea. Like a man came to me wanting to exercise more. And I said, okay, great. What's your definition of exercise? And he said, well, you have to work really hard for an hour and you have to sweat. And he made this awful face. And I looked at him and I said, dude, I wouldn't want to exercise either if that's the way I thought about it. So what I yeah. said, so you're thinking that it's a, an hour of hard sweat, right? Have you read the latest research that shows short bursts of exercise mm-hmm. are just as effective as long extended bouts of exercise? So I'm wondering if you could do short bursts, would you do 10 minutes of something? Would you walk farther to get to work? Would you march in place while you're brushing your teeth? Whatever it takes. You know, we start as small as we need to start. We chunk it down as far as we need to and then get them to do more. But when I get buy-in with, oh, I could do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. excellent. Now what might you do, right? Yeah. Or if you didn't, but, but the change... Okay, the change in the limiting belief came in me saying, maybe you haven't heard the latest research. It shows this works as as that. So I opened it up and gave him options. Right. Yeah. The hypnotic change, just quoting that thing that chipped away at the limiting belief. And that immediately in conversation. So I had to move him from this is awful. How are you going to make me do this awful stuff every day? I'm not to wait a minute. There's a different way of doing it. Could you consider this? Yeah. Other way? What would happen then? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. We make a lot of reference to Johan Hari's book, Lost Connections, you know, around depression. I don't know if you've read it, Karen. Um, read and, you know, and, and he, he's, he's a journalist and has done a, a lot of research on depression and, and the, a lot of the causes behind depression. And he, well, Anthony, correct me if I'm wrong. He says that genetic genes would only ever account for a maximum of 20%, but in every single case, there would have to be environmental factors that would set that off. Correct. Um, So it's, and, and, you know, that is new information for a lot of people because we've been sold this idea that once you've got depression, that's it for the rest of your life, or, you know, you need to be on You've medication been hypnotized for the rest of your life. To believe. You've been mm-hmm. hypnotized to believe. Notice how we as hypnotists will even take that out of our context, because you said we've been sold, mm-hmm. right? But we have been hypnotized to believe. I call it's it conditioned. Out. We've been conditioned yeah. through, through the comp- constant pounding that this is what it is by the medical society and by commercials on tv you know and that's something in this country that they don't have in europe right where they don't have that constant bombardment of of big pharma trying to sell the public on these dangerous medications you do in spain but not in the uk because they have got to go through the nhs 
So they only sell to the NHS, not the public, right? Mm -hmm. And so that in itself creates, I believe, a big problem with those ideas about, you know, Trintelix, add to another thing to your depression. If the original depression thing isn't working, add this to it. You know, it's like, what the fuck? How about just change what you're doing? You know, how about the tobacco companies uh, advertising smoking cessation uh, products, gum, chanting? Etc., because they are telling you, they are programming you, they are whatever word you want to use, hypnotizing you through yeah. uh, advertising that it's hard to quit yeah. smoking. It's something mm-hmm. we can't do over yeah. and over and over. Another one of my favorite commercials is, uh, um, I think it's a chance. It may be it may be gum, uh, where they talk about oh you'll you'll be given all sorts of crazy advice like try hypnosis. Right. Oh, I hate that commercial. I love that commercial. (sighs) It's my favorite because I understand how the mind works. People don't focus on commercials. As soon as the commercial comes on, it's an instant induction to do something else, to scroll on your phone, to get up and go to the refrigerator, to do anything but focus in. So any commercial is an instant induction to do anything except watch television. And so in the background, in the background, you hear try hypnosis because that's what stands out in that commercial. And if you're in the kitchen, right? Ah. In the refrigerator, you hear try hypnosis. If you're scrolling through your phone, you hear try hypnosis. They are not even aware that they're advertising our product. See, and see, and isn't that, that's a really good perceptional change for me or, 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 or difference for me because I watch my housemate and my housemate, I adore him. I think you've met him before, Mike. Um, this is him. And, and remember everybody, we're on video here, so they're going to be able to see me, but this is Mike when a commercial comes on. He focuses in on it. Oh my God. I mean, he'll like stop what he's doing and like stop in the middle of the living room and just, and so I think to myself, no, Anthony, although I'm going to start calling you when Nicole calls you, Anthony, tell him, because I just think that's so cute. Um, (laughs) Tell this to Mike. He's doing what my dog does. My dog doesn't have the capacity to watch a television program, but these little mini programs are right in his wheelhouse and he will sleep through TV, but the commercials come on and he's focused in because there might be a dog in one. Right. He's looking for the animals. Those are his little mini programs that he gets to watch. The commercials are over and he lays back down. I love that. But it's, it's so true what you said about it's an induction. To, I mean, I haven't had a TV in my house for years, but the last house that we were we were renting for a few months had a TV in it. And we just got into this ridiculous habit of like watching a film every night. And for me, the induction is as soon as the adverts come on, mute, bye-bye, I'm out until... <laughs> Yeah, right. And and Anthony, you might be able to just covertly have your uh, housemate change by saying, "Oh my God, that's the way a dog watches television." Oh, he would short attention span animal watches television. I'm already condescending enough. I don't need to add (laughs) that on top of things. I'm not trying to change it. He didn't ask for a change, so (laughs) so I would never step in. And I came up with a great metaphor for for how we should approach change, right? Okay. If somebody somebody handed you their cell phone and you looked at their apps, would you ever consider deleting or changing their apps without their permission? No. 
Nobody would ever walk. And what would you do if somebody walked up to you and started changing the apps on your phone? Somebody even touched my phone. That's right. So we don't get to change the behavior apps that people have downloaded along the way in their life unless they want to change it. Right. And then we can tell them unless we're really, really good hypnotists, and then we can. No, no, I'm teasing. (laughs) No, no. I wanted wanted that expression on your face just just because I wanted it. Um. (laughs) Play a game with me. Okay. This is quick. If we have have time, we have left the play. We have plenty of time. (laughs) And Anthony, you've done this with me before, but Nicole hasn't. So, um, Around, look around the room that you're in and find everything that you can find that's blue. Notice all the blue that you can notice as fast as you can notice, but just blue. Notice all the blue you can notice. Good, that's right, not just red. Now notice all the red you can notice as fast as you can get it, gather all the red. Good, now just yellow. Just oh my God, you're going so fast. <laughs> find the yellow, good, 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 good. Now find the green, now just yeah. the green. Okay. okay, good, you can stop. I know it went fast, but Tell me this, Nicole, when you started, when you accepted my suggestion to look for blue, you started looking all over the place and you found blue, right? Yeah, it was, it was a stretch, but yeah, I found a blue thing. Yeah. Okay. And so then when you started looking for red, what happened to that blue thing? Uh, I mean, it's, it's there, but I'm now focusing on finding the red stuff. Right. And so you didn't even notice the blue as you passed by it because it just kind of faded into the background, right? Or, yeah. or became less important, right? Became less important, stopped, yeah. When you stopped looking for the red and started looking for yellow and started panicking, oh, it's going so fast. <laughs> what happened to the blue and red? Um, yeah, I mean, they were there. But they were there, but again, they're not, they're not kind of, they're not the first chapter anymore, are they? Right, and the yellow then started doing what? Kind of jumping out at you, right? Yeah. That, if we go with a Harry Aaron's depth scale of hypnosis okay um and i don't worry about the depth of hypnosis very much but just but i like it for this because it proves a point um so his deepest level of hypnosis is positive hallucination right the next deepest level is negative hallucination and you did that quite automatically by negatively hallucinating the blue and then the blue and the red and then all the other colors, you could still, still see them, but your focus wasn't on them anymore at all because the human mind can only focus on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. And as you took my suggestion to look for something else, you did, and the mind just followed with that, right? Mm-hmm. So that little game that I played just then, I pulled that out of thin air a lot for <laughs> clients when I need it because it may show that you can only focus on one thing at a time. It may show that you'll always get what you focus on. So go looking for what you want instead of what you don't want. That Mm -hmm. little game has a lot of applications that can help people change a belief or move to a different belief or understand things in a different way. Well, it also also shows that, you know, this idea of multitasking is a load of bollocks. Do you know what I mean? And like, yes, I use it for multitasking. That's, that's one of the ways that I use it. And you you know, it can be used in just, it can be pulled out to be just tossed out there as play this game with me. And it changes belief just in that amount of time, depending on it. And, And that's our job as hypnotists to use the metaphor or the story or the BS that's going to affect the change. Yeah. It's going to facilitate getting the change there. And 
remember be I like I like great. playing games Karen I'm a game person yay <laughs> yay and and most people are you know I'll play the stick your fingers together game with a mm -hmm. lot of people just yeah. That's, that's my convincer, by the way, if I need one, I don't really ever think I need one, but sometimes if somebody's not so sure, I'll say, just do this with me. Put your hands together like this, clasp your fingers together, push your head, the heels of your hands together, you know, bring these fingers up. Everybody knows how to do that. Separate yeah. the magnet forming between your fingers and the magnet pulls the fingers together. Mm -hmm. And we know that physiology helps with that because if you really clasp all this together, your fingers are going to pull together. But when the client does that and they're amazed and I say, uh, you don't really have magnets at the tips of your fingers, do you? Oh, no. And wow, that was weird, right? Then I get to say things like, so now we know that you can be hypnotized. Now we know that you can be hypnotized with your eyes wide open and hearing and listening to every single word I say. Imagine how your mind can work in a moment if your eyes are closed and you're just imagining success. Mm -hmm. Or whatever I say, right? I don't know what I might right. say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but it's pulling that stuff out to use, to hit it and get it. I don't have to, I don't have the, this is just me. Anybody who does guided visualization or, or who does, um, uh, you know, deep uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. all of that, by all means, do it. If you're comfortable with that, do it. Do what you're comfortable with. I just don't have the time or the patience for it. I had a client this week who I wanted to prove a point. I wanted to prove a little point. She had no idea exactly what she wanted. So I pulled out a little technique to do right then and there to take her off on a planet where there are no limits and what's on your planet, what's there. So that was the goal to just do a quick and dirty five minute, six minute planet exploration so she can start focusing on what she wants. Hmm. The client got out on the planet and it was missed because sometimes I just, you know, run them through it. But she obviously wanted to tell me what was going on. So I said, well, tell me, what do you see? Oh, it's missed. And there are guides and angels. Okay. I hadn't planned on that, but whatever you've got, we're going to utilize it. Let's bring them in. And we started working with that. It turned out to be a 45 minute process and it was everything she needed. Yeah. Because I just sat back. I had an idea of where we were going to go. The client took it someplace else. And mm -hmm. I had to follow where the client took it. And that got us to where we needed to be. Yeah. Well, and always, you know, that's something that we talk about in our trainings is that oftentimes we miss the very first thing that the client says when we say, you know, so what's going on? The very first thing that usually comes out of their mouth is usually, usually right. And we usually skip right over it, right? We, we write it down on our notes, but we don't always hear and so we'll make things more difficult when they have said right then and there, this is exactly what it is. If we're following a system yep. instead of the client, yep. yes, yeah. that's what happens. Right. Yep. When this is where this is focus. When you're focused on your system, then you're yeah. going to follow the edicts of the system. You're yep. focusing on that. When you're focused on the client, you're going to yeah. do what's necessary for the client. Yep. This is this is where one of the great things that I learned from Scott Jansen, who has got um, he, he's got the book Spotting, where he talks about unconscious moments. And this has really heightened my awareness of like unconscious moments and really like, oh, what was that? You know, let's go there. And that has, you know, just following the client down that route instead of me overthinking things. It's like they've had some sort of something and it's like, oh, OK, let's go there. <laughs> yeah, they're going to do what they want to do in their own mind anyway. 
Right. Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter what pretty things we're saying out here. They're going to do in their own mind what they want to mm -hmm. do anyway. And if they don't want to be hypnotized, they're not going to experience themselves as hypnotized. Right. Yeah. Right. They have to want that. Yeah. Want that? They can oh. have yeah. Yeah. I remember when I first started training and I saw all these people going into these trances and crying and having all these massive breakthroughs. And I was like, that's not happening for me. I want to go into a really deep trance. <laughs> but it's happening. I really... but it's happening in church services, Nicole. Oh, God. yeah. Look sure. at the people who talk really... in tongues, people who speak in I tongues. I really wanted to experience that that trance thing and I think I you know it was it was a process of just relaxing into it opening myself into it and training myself to just go into that deep trance and now I'm like the most awesome kind of in and out of trance person I mean you need to look at me and I'll be like hee hee and just fall into and just you know go into a really deep trance and I love trance I love being there it's like it is it's the most I don't know. It's almost like the first time you take ecstasy. It's just lovely. <laughs> that's, that's when someone else facilitates your trance. I happen to believe yeah. that we're always in a trance. You know, we yeah. walk around in this trance or that trance. You yeah, act sure. differently when you go to lunch with your girlfriends than you when you go to lunch with your kids, if you have kids. You act differently, you know, around people that you don't know than around people you do know. And we walk in and out of those trances seamlessly. Yeah. It's it's, it goes back to the Greek sleep temples. Mm -hmm. Remember in, in, in hypnosis education where they talk about the Greek sleep temples, right? Yep. You decide that you're not, well, you're not feeling well and you decide the sleep temple is going to help you. So you make the trip to the sleep temple, you turn in your clothes, you take the robes, the priest takes you over to, through chanting people and incense, takes you over to the sleep temple. You lay down on the slab, the priest says some words, closes the door and says, I'll see you feeling better in the morning. You open the door and most people are better in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. And so that, that to me explains hypnosis in a very profound way. We do it all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just like going to church. You wake up on a Sunday morning and decide to go to church. So that decision prompts you to dress in a certain way. You probably don't put on the bikini, depending on your church, but you <laughs> dress in a certain way and you drive to the church, you park in the parking lot, which is a ritual. You walk into the church. If it's a mass, you're dipping your hand in holy water and genuflecting and it's quiet and in walks a priest with incense and chanting. Does that sound anything like a Greek sleep temple? Yeah. Okay. Now, does this... You decide you want to go to the movies. And so you pick a movie to go see, you drive to the theater, you park your car, you get out, you pay for the ticket, you give them the ticket, you walk in through the smells, the popcorn, incense. You walk down a long hallway, you go into a darkened chamber, you sit in a chair and prepare to get hypnotized. Yep. Mm. Yep. Get right? prepared to go into your imagination. That's exactly yeah. right. But but the person who went to the sleep temple had to first decide that the sleep temple would help them. Right. That's why they made that. The person who decides to go to church has decided already that the church service is going to in some way help them. And it's the same thing with the movies or hypnosis. They call yep. us, right? Yep. Yep. And <laughs> they go through them, they decide that this is what's going to help them. They make an appointment. They come for the visit or they log on online. 
And online hypnosis is so easy because people are so conditioned. Nicole, you haven't had a TV in a while, but you still know what conditioning is like. You look at the TV and you go into a trance. Yeah. Now I'm in a TV trance or now I'm in a computer trance or now I'm in whatever trance I'm going into for this. Yeah. Yeah. We're in the friends talking about hypnosis trance. People who, who are listening to this are listening to people talking to hypnosis trance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, and, and, and it is, it's, if you know, you kind of think about, it, it's all about your perception. It's all about how you decide that you are going to experience the input. Right, right. Nicole could have said when we were playing that color game, this is stupid. I'm not doing this. Right. right. He could have chosen not to take the suggestion. That's a valid choice too. That is just as valid choice as taking the suggestion. And we have to watch our clients to find out if they're, what they're doing. As I watched Nicole, I could see she was taking the suggestion. I could see it because she went. Yeah. And she started looking around for it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I knew Anthony didn't take my suggestion because he went. I was watching Nicole. Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) But in watching, right, and being observant and aware, I knew who went into the trance and who didn't. Yeah, sure. That's what we have to be aware of with our clients. We are not doing some magic shit to them. Right. Yeah. It's a dance, thus trance dance. It's the dance of trance. We may put a suggestion out there. We have to watch to see if they take it and we may have to change it. You know, mm-hmm. they know they don't like it. We want them in a yes set. Yes, 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 yes. That's what yeah. building four is all about. But we have to watch and be with our client to determine that rather than have our focus on something else that has nothing to do with what the client is yeah. indicating to us. Yeah, right. Sure. I mean, well, I mean we're one, in, one of the, go on, Anthony, go on. Well, well if we're interested in, in what their outcome should be, then we have misdirected our intention, yes. because our intention should only be what is in the best interest of them that they believe is in the best interest of them. Because, right. you know, it, it, but you know, it's, it's intriguing. I had a gal call me the other day and she said, uh, I, I want to, st- I, I, I have a problem having troubles with my husband. And I'm like, okay, well, what's going on? What do you want to stop doing? She goes, well, I have a tendency of telling him to stop yelling at me. And my initial thing was, and this came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, sweetheart, I'm like, you want to be okay to be yelled at? I need to understand this. Is that what I'm hearing? And she, and she, she kind of started to cry a little bit. She goes, no, 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 no. It's nothing like that. She goes, it's something I've been saying since I was a kid. And it just comes out in all sorts of situations, but it's creating a problem because he's not yelling at me. And so it hurts his feelings. And, the, and I'm like, all right, now that all kind of fits because otherwise I'd been like, um, I'm really sorry, but I'm not going to have it be okay that your husband's yelling at you. Um, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. Right. Help mm-hmm. them manage expectations, right? That's something I won't do. I'll have to refer you to somebody else who, right. Will- who may not have any <laughs> values or morals. Um, you know, who, will, who will facilitate you being a doormat. Right. Do we have time for me to share a story? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We've got lots of time. We don't, we don't oh. cut this on anything. Oh, good. Okay. I didn't know if we had a finite amount of time. No, huh? but, but I, I love this story that Will Horton told when he taught a, an NLP. He probably tells it a lot when he teaches an NLP course. I learned a lot from Will on this. Uh, but I like to tell this story too um, as I'm opening a class to introduce people to things. And so it's a story about uh, 
the olden days in old England, where a, a band of thieves invaded a very wonderful, calm um, countryside and took it over, took it over, took the businesses. Everybody was out of work. Everybody was unhappy. And there was a thief who had lived in the town. And he thought, you know, if we're all going rogue, I want to do something here too. So the thief looked for a guru and found a great guru and went to the guru and said, you know, I'm a thief and it's right time now for me to get some bounty. So do you have a suggestion for me? And the guru said, hmm, I wonder if you're doing, you know what you can do. I wonder what might happen if you took on a partner. And the thief said, oh, I'll give that a try and went out and got a partner and they were just pulling stuff in bounty all over the place because it was easy to thieve in these times and they were collecting a lot of goods. And at some point they had collected and collected and collected and this original thief said, I wonder what we can do to even get more stuff. And so went back to the guru and said, okay, my partner and I are doing pretty well, but now we want to increase the bounty. Now, what do we do? And the guru said, hmm, I'm curious, you and a partner work so well together. What might happen if you had a gang? And the thief said, oh, that's it. And the thief went out and got, because there were crazy people all over the town and, town, and people in town who wanted to get things too. And it was pretty easy for him to put together a gang and he put together a whole gang of thieves and they were doing great stuff. But the thief learned something. In order to have a good gang of people who will work for you, you have to clothe them, you have to teach them, you have to house them, you have to take care of them for them to remain loyal to you. And they were doing so well that eventually his gang of thieves took over the town and got the marauders out, ran them out. And the thief had learned things along the way. And he learned that in order to have a happy, peaceful, loyal group of people, you have to be benevolent. You have to take care of them. And so his gang of thieves put jobs back into the town, returned the property to the people who owned it, and peace was restored. And at the next guru convention, the gurus were all sitting around and they looked at that one guru and said, how in the world did you know to tell him to do all of that stuff that it would have an, a happy ending? And the guru said, I didn't know. I offer an idea. And if mm -hmm. it's suggested, they do what they will with it. I trust they'll do something good. And the point of telling that story is that we don't get to decide what our clients want. We don't get to say, I'm not going to help you thieve. Although, you know, we probably won't. Right. But actually, <laughs> you know, we don't get to say what you want isn't good enough. Let's yeah. help them get what they actually ask for and watch it turn out well. Right, right. You know, and that was the great thing about that layout since you say that the, the outcome of that was the next day, I got a text from her saying, oh my God, oh my God, it worked, it worked, it worked, it worked, it worked. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> and, I, and I texted back, I'm like, well, of course it did. I had no doubt that it would. Only you had questioned whether or not you had the ability. I never mm -hmm. questioned it. 
Um, and she was just like, so at her second session, she was just, you know, in tears. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I, I like that. We, we, we need to listen, but we also need to be able to ask the right question yeah. because the right question can change everything. That's why you want a copy of Transdance because it's got the yeah. eight magic questions in it to ask to move from problem to solution. I'm not here to try to sell my book. I'm just saying. Well, that. no, but that's fine. That's exactly what you should be talking about. I mean, if that's in trans dance, then yeah, Nicole just got a copy. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, what a great thing to have. I mean, you know, I, I'll tell you when I started out and especially when I started listening to Steve Rohn and to the conversationalist folks and started taking more heed towards that sort of work, it really is about what kind of questions, I mean, even with the work of Byron Katie, um, you know, it's, it's that inquiry, it's that asking those questions and, and turning it around, you know, is this actually true? Is this belief that I have, is it true? And can I prove that it's true? And how do I feel without this thought? And how do I feel when I actually turn it around? Right? Like, you know, if so and so is always the problem, my husband's always the problem doing this. Well, turn that thought around. I'm always the problem when it yeah. comes to this. You know, ooh, that's <laughs> a little bit of a sting. You know, is that, that more true change? or less true? Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, even throwing those little techniques in as we do our work, I think that in this particular profession, at least for me, I think the more well-rounded we are in all of these different ideas about how the mind works, you know, I think it's good, whether you practice it or believe in it or not, it's a good idea to understand it so you can at least have an in if they ask about it. Right. Your, your response to the woman, oh, honey, you don't want to be a doormat or be yelled at, do you? is a confusion technique. Uh, oh no. And it took her right out of a similar associating into the problem into, oh no, this is what I want. This is where we're going. It on a dime changed mm -hmm. to a, solution, a, solution, a problem state to a solution state. Mm -hmm. In that one, oh honey, really? <laughs> Great response. You know, that's completely hypnotic because that set off a different trance. Yep. Yeah. And we yeah. got what we wanted. So, right. you know, right. it's so, you know, one of the things that I want to mention here is the fact that you host the um, show with Michael Watson. It's a virtual Facebook chapter. group, virtual chapter. And I've been on it a couple of times, always very, very interesting. Michael, I got to tell you, I had so much fun at HypnoThoughts getting to know Michael. I had a completely I, 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 you know, I'm an honest, straightforward sort of guy, Karen. I had a completely different concept of who he was before sitting down and actually talking to him. I thought, I literally thought, what an old curmudgeon grouch. Um, from one remark, from one remark that he made. Yep. Right? Yep. And, yeah, and, 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 and just kind of listening to him kind of talk about things. I'm like, well, that's kind of, he see, and then I sat down on top, like, oh, this guy is nothing about what I heard that, <laughs> that was some, so I've taken that completely out of context because this, yeah, I, I like him. I had so much fun <laughs> with him that night. What him. a great guy. <laughs> Tell us about virtual chapter. Well, the virtual chapter is a, it's a meeting that's the second Tuesday of every month in, uh, <clears throat> 
Eastern time, US, it starts at 8.30 at night and runs till about 10. Um, we bring in, it, it's an adjunct of the IACT-IMDHA Association, and we bring in hypnotists from all over the world each uh, second Tuesday of every month to talk about what they do, because we both believe that there are many ways to make this happen. Michael and I laugh a lot about the fact that Michael is a uh, ritual kind of guy. Michael was an Episcop Episcopalian priest. Yeah, that's one of the things I found out about him. Michael is a ritual guy. And so the two of us are, are different, but we work really well together. I like to say that Michael is poetry and I'm a limerick, but both of them, both of them will get somebody what they want, right? Some people want a limerick. They want a quick and dirty laugh. Those are my clients. Some people want to be massaged and taken care of. Those are Michael's clients. Here's the mm -hmm. thing. There are plenty of clients for all of us. Everybody's different. I don't care if you wear fringe and use a drum in your office. There will be clients for you. Be yeah. you. Yes. Do you first. Know yourself. Know what you're capable of. Know what you do. And put that out there. Put you out there. Put your silly pillows out there. Put your stupid games out there, if that's what you do. And let people look at it. And if they like it and go, whoa, I resonate with that. Okay. you They're part of the tribe. Yep. And if they look at that and say, man, if that's what hypnosis is, I don't want anything to do with it. Or if they go to somebody else. It's not your business. Right. There is yeah. plenty of business for all of us. Like Anthony was saying about Jason, all business. Absolutely. If I've got a business issue, Jason Lynette is the guy that I'm going to. Yep, absolutely. Question, he is integrity. He is smart. He knows the business. He knows hypnosis, right? Um, so there are all different kinds. If you look on the internet, you're going to see, we talked about, uh, I'm not gonna mention any more names, but there are a couple of hypnotists who have websites that look like- um, um, Las Vegas billboards. Or, or, you know, hard sell. Oh my God, hard sell. That's what I read. And I, I wanna go someplace else. Donna Bloom has wise mind hypnosis and has a gentle, wonderful, lovely, website and you know exactly what she does right but some people will some people need to be told what to do and they're going to go to a more authoritarian type hypnotist some people want um you know to, to be taken care of and they'll go to that style of hypnotist yeah. some people want fertility and they'll go to somebody who specializes mm -hmm. in that but there's plenty of business for all of us if we'll just put ourselves out there and let them super select into what it is yeah. we do right yeah right so on that note karen where can people find you how can they how can they get hold of your book how well can no they... not on that note i'm gonna hold hold the bus for a second karen okay. has karen has karen has to do something for us mm -hmm. um <laughs> so let us know karen she's giving us a very sexy look <laughs> um <laughs> Well, I'm not sure what you're going to ask of me. <laughs> <laughs> I am hoping that you can share with us a time in your career as a hypnotherapist or hypnotist where you might have done, where when you look back, you're like, oh, I wouldn't do that again. Because we like to share, like I said, you know, we like to share a little bit of a failure because we're all human. We're all 
going to have those moments. I think I shared one already. The guy who wanted to learn to memorize a script and I took him through a whole series of things Mm. that that he he didn't need, right? Yeah, that's true. It would have backfired. So uh, I learn all the time. Mm. There was the woman this week who I was just going to do a quick and dirty, let's find out what you want. We spent the whole session doing that. So it didn't, it was certainly not a failure, right? But it didn't go the way I planned. And Mm. I think flexibility is our biggest asset. Well, then there you go. That's what I want to hear. Yeah. And that it doesn't matter that, you know, that even when those things happen, that you, if you keep going and you find the right thing, everybody's going to be satisfied. Let me satisfy you with a colossal failure. Okay. okay. <laughs> I came to me to quit smoking. He wanted one session. Um, he, it, this is when I, I transitioned, I had just transitioned from a large center and in, into working from my home. And he came, he had one session. He called me the next day and said, I couldn't wait to have a cigarette when I left your office. I couldn't wait. I had a cigarette. And I said, you know what? And he said, it doesn't work. So I want my money back. And I said, I'll tell you what, um, I have your address. I will put a check in the mail today. And if you want uh, to try it with someone else, I'm happy to refer you. Or, you know, there are all sorts of ways for you to quit smoking. And I sent him his money back. A year later, he called me again and said, okay, now I want to quit smoking. <laughs> so he didn't, you know, I, I had, I considered a, a colossal failure. Not that I think you have to quit smoking in one session, but this guy was miserably unhappy and he said it didn't work. I refunded his money. And because of that, mm-hmm. he wanted to try the same hypnotist again to do it again. Because I he trusted you. Yes, he did. But I did not take him that time. I said, look, we have gone down this path together. Let me refer you to somebody else. And this time you will be successful. But let's not replicate what we tried once before. Go to this person. He went to the person I referred. And I'm not exactly sure how that I didn't hear from him again. But I do know that he went to the person I referred him to. That's well, you know, you know it, this is the thing I learned from that. Give them their money back. It's not worth it. I pulled, when I owned a huge center, I pulled a principal thing on a woman. I mean, we had big dollar contracts and said in the contract, if you don't fulfill your your commitment, you will be refunded on this rate card because you're given a special rate and this is the rate card you'll be refunded on. So the woman came in, she did three sessions. She called and said, this isn't working. I said, I'll refund your money here. It's prorated not using those three sessions or, you know, not refunding the three sessions she used. That was principal, right? She went to the Better Business Bureau. We were members. Uh, They gave us an A rating because of the way we handled it. Uh, We gave her what she was due back, right? She went on Yelp and did a horrible review. And that review is still on Yelp for that particular business name. (laughs) It never goes away. And that was the hard way of learning don't don't quibble. No point in going on principle. There's no amount of money that's that's going to uh, require that kind of bad publicity. So I learned just do the refund. It also taught me not to do packages. I don't sell very many packages because I don't like dealing with that kind of stuff. I haven't had to deal with that kind of stuff ever again since that day with that client. But those are the failures that help you learn or help one learn yeah. how yes. to do those things, right? Yeah, I, sure. I've only refunded one person and it was a men, it was somebody I was mentoring. 
And it ended up being, it's like when I called the, the person who had hooked us up and said, hey, maybe I'm after this guy, I called him up. I'm like, this guy's fucking psychotic. Um, and I mean, really was frightening for me. I, I had to end up calling the police. And she's like, well, just give him back his money. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And I wrote him a check and I hadn't, you know, because it had been so long, I was like, well, you know, got it kind of the principle of things. And then I'm yes. like, you know what though, what's it, give him back his money. And even with that money, having gotten back to them five years later, I will get a random something from him in my junk mail that says, you ruined everything for me. And I'm not successful all because of you. And I'm like, oh my God, man, let it go already. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me laugh about a client. I, I do this occasionally when I'm doing inner child work. Uh, we'll talk about, oh, let's congratulate the child for making such great decisions. And then when we're not really doing the inner child work, but in conversation, something like, you know, how proud are you of that little eight-year-old or that little 15-year-old? How proud of you that she only started smoking? She didn't become a heroin addict. She didn't become a prostitute. She didn't do this. So she made a lot of good decisions. We're not changing all of her. We're just this one little decision. And I did that with one client over something. I don't even remember what it, what it was about. But a year later, he called me back and said, you know what? All the, all the changes were great, but there's something that's bothered me since our session. This was a year later. There's something that's bothered me. Do you think I should have been a heroin addict? Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I, didn't start, I didn't stop using that with the building pride in that child that did made all the right decisions, right? <laughs> but the that's things we latch on to, right? <laughs> things that we don't even realize right do you think i should have been a heroin addict no yes start right away um (laughs) anyway one year later (laughs) (laughs) okay anyway yes if you're if you're on this side of the pond tracy's new book is called trance dance if you're on that side of the pond it's called trance dance I love that. Take a, take a chance on trance yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, um, I want to say thank you again, Karen. You know, I mean, Karen and I, I Karen agreed to do this when we were at HypnoThought. She, she sat at the table with me a lot. And, and so I got to spend time with her as I, as I always very much enjoy. And, and onto his table. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I, I loved having you there. I love spending time with you. Um, and I, and I adore your husband. What a nice guy. Um, and so at any rate, thank you he's very taken. much for joining us. He's taken. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a little small. He's a little short for me. Um, <laughs> cute as he is, he's he handsome is. as he is. He's yes, a little yes. short for me. Um, <laughs> good, good. Okay. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, <laughs> Aaron, where can, where can people find you? How can they get in touch with you? Facebook and websites and everything. How can so, people get hold of you? I've made it as easy as possible. Karen Hand is the key. Karen Hand, H-A-N-D. I am the right hand, by the way, the successful hand. Um, KarenHand.com is the website. Karen at KarenHand.com is my email. Uh, On Facebook, I am Karen Hand. Uh, Karen Hand Chicago. Or if you want my private Facebook account, it's Karen Hand hyphen Harper because my husband's last name is Harper. And uh, you'll find out a lot of stuff about me that you may or may not want to know if you join that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
and your books are available on Amazon worldwide because they're they're Kindle and you can also get a print version. Is that right? That's right. That's right. You can get either or. Um, I think it's, um, I don't know how it works in Spain for the print version. I don't know exactly okay. how it works. Okay. I and, don't think it's translated. Well, it's we need to congratulate you because as we record this, your um, trance dance has just gone, uh -huh. has just launched and you've um, shot to number one, right? Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> yes. Number one in um, hypnosis. Uh, in, in, in hypnosis, right. Bestsellers in hypnosis. Amazing. So, yeah. Congratulations. Yes. Big Thank congratulations. You. I have always, yeah. you know, I've, I've, I've got Karen's other books, um, both of them. And, and so I highly recommend both. And I highly recommend um, jumping on and, and getting to be a part of the virtual chapter because you will learn a whole lot. You know, I've all, Nicole and I say all the time, the more that we know and the more that we can refer out when we need to refer out, you know, it's like Starbucks. We, I want to see freaking hypnotist signs on every fucking corner because that doesn't mean that we are over inundated with them. It means that we are in demand. Right. That's mm. right. That's right. And thank you. Thank you, Anthony, for that very much. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think that uh, the virtual chapter, by the way, you can locate it on Facebook. Just put in virtual chapter. And that will get you, uh, let you know who's coming up. And Anthony's going to be on the show soon. Coming up in um, next month, we are going to have uh, uh, Greg Beckett. Oh, Gregory okay. Beckett talking about working with the LGBTQ community. Yes, he's done a couple of things um, at HypnoThoughts about yeah. the LGBT community. I met him a couple of years ago. Um, Aren't there a few more letters on the end of that now? Oh God! Oh, yeah. LGBTQIAQRFTLMNOP. Um, um, I'm a bit yes. lost. <laughs> I'm it's, not quite up to date with they, that. They've added IA. I is, and I had. To, I am very proud that I know this now. Um, I had to ask a young person. Um, the I is for intersexed, or what? When I was a kid, we called them hermaphrodites. So the I is for intersexed, and the A is for androgynous, because, well, because. Um, because who am I thinking of on Saturday Night Live, Karen? And I loved her. Um, um, Pat, Pat, I loved Pat. Um, because we want Pat at all of our parades. Um. <laughs> well, yes, it's, but that is the thing. It's a growing community. Yes. And it's a great niche market. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I have the same response, Nicole. Hmm. Well, no, no, I didn't mean it. No, no, I didn't mean it um, demeaningly. It was just a pensative. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, uh, as Jason Lynette would say, say niche instead of niche. niche. Oh, I say niche. I can't bear the word niche. It sounds like knit. It does my head in. <laughs> niche. It rhymes with rich. Just and you want to be a rich sounds bitch, with niche. Not that right? rich means anything, but <laughs> I understand when I, I, always, niche. I always said niche because I wanted to be, you know, on the cutting edge until Jason said niche rhymes with rich. And I said, All right, you got me. It's niche right. from now on. <laughs> right on, right on. And on that note, goodbye, everybody. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. Right on. Thank you, Karen. Thanks for listening to the Hypnotic Healers podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and follow us on Facebook. You can also join our mailing list at hypnotichealers.com.